following podcast contains spoilers and words like fuck, fuck, and fuck. We watch it. Hello everybody and welcome back to We Watched A Thing. It's B Dizzle and this week I had a patron request for a film so huge, so epic, so weird and wonderful that I knew there was only one person in the world that I could talk to about this movie. It's my best friend, you know him, you love him. It's Topher, how you doing mate? I'm doing well, Billy, how are you? Oh good mate, triumphant pop in to the pod. <laughs> yeah, what, what, what uh, is this a... um? Is this a guest appearance? Is this former friend of the show? Is this am, oh. am I jilted lover of the podcast? <laughs> what am I? You know, one of one of our listeners did post on the Facebook page today. Topher sucks, and I didn't know how to respond to it because I was like, "He is my best friend," <laughs> but also, yeah, but also, guy fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, how you? Was how that you from been? your what? burner account, Tommy Boy Rules at <laughs> at Yahoo? <laughs> um, okay, firstly, Tommy Boy does rule. Secondly, I don't need a burner account because I have fans. I'm sorry. <laughs> what have you been up to for the last couple of months anyway? Nothing. Yeah. I'm in lockdown. I'm nothing. <laughs> well, I tell you, you haven't been recording. No, not at it's, all. It, has that been fun? I didn't start another podcast or anything. Well, that's good because that would hurt me. <laughs> that would have hurt. That would have been funny. <laughs> that would have been pretty funny. You and Sam. We that would have been it. even funnier if it was the exact same show. <laughs> Just with, without me. <laughs> All right. So this is going to be a fun one. As I, I said, did tell I you I was a- having a booze three day, but I mean, red, red wine's medicinal. So <laughs> this is okay. Cheers, mate. Mm. There's lots of nutrients in hops. I've heard. Gotta be. So, as mentioned, I had a patron request from dear patron of the show, Austin, who wanted me to watch 1984's Dune in anticipation of the Denis Villeneuve release later this month. I'd never seen 84's Dune, but I know that you actually watched it quite recently. So, you've now watched this movie twice in the space of, what, like five weeks? Yeah, I'd gone from not seeing this film to watching it <laughs> twice in the space of two months. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. I was like, this is, hang on, isn't this, shouldn't shouldn't one of the perks of not doing a movie podcast be that I don't have to watch fucking Dune? Well, the main reason that I asked if you wanted to do this episode with me was because I knew that you had watched it quite recently. So in my head, I was like, oh, I won't have to impose this film on anybody else. And then you were like, no, nah, I don't remember it well enough. <laughs> not for shit. I watched it late at night, probably drunk. I was like, I cannot possibly. Do an episode. And yet, here we are, because I came around to your place for a couple of drinks the other night, and at first, you held strong. You were like, no, we're not watching Dune. We threw on Tron Legacy. And then after that finished, I was getting ready to go home, get all my stuff together, and you were like, I'll watch Dune now if you want. (laughs) Where did that come from? (laughs) Because I knew that if we did, you would order bulk nuggets. And I did. I ordered far too many nuggets. (laughs) That's what happens to me when I drink. It just, I don't know what happens. Uber Eats just somehow appears on my phone and the nuggets start flowing. (laughs) So let's get into it then. Dune is a 1984 American epic science fiction film written and directed by David Lynch. 
And based on the 1965 Frank Herbert novel of the same name, it stars Kyle MacLachlan in his film debut, Francesca Annis, Leonardo Camino, Brad Dourif, Jose Ferrer, Linda Hunt, Virginia Madsen, Kenneth McMillan, Sting, <laughs> Max Van Sydow, and Alicia Witt. And what is it about, Toph? Um, are you familiar with the concept of a white saviour, Billy? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, doesn't sound too familiar to me. Um, films have dabbled in this field before. Okay. Oh, yeah, all right. It sounds a little familiar. Yeah, okay, well. <laughs> get your eyeballs around it. <laughs> You're a fan of the book, Dune, am I correct? Uh, that's, that's correct. Have you read all of them, including? No, I've read the, the first. I've read the first three. Okay, yep, yep. But you had never seen this. Had you seen the miniseries before? No, no. Okay. Not, I hadn't got into um, Junior McAvoy <laughs> as is he? I mean, I haven't seen it. I don't know. I I think he plays Paul's son. Oh right. Is I that think, in, I'm not is sure. Is that in the second miniseries, Children of Dune? Yeah, I think he's. I think he's let you know, young Leto Atreides. Leto yeah, Atreides. Right. I don't know if it's Leto or Leto. Don't know how they. Pr- I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Um, Arrakis pronunciation or yeah, Kaladin. I suppose you, you because that it? name, it's probably a Kaladin name, isn't it? <laughs> Such a wanker. <laughs> actually, actually, I'm waiting for you to throw some of those out. So. This film, I'm not wrong, am I? This film is legendarily bad. Like, there's nobody who thinks this is a good movie, right? I think there may be a a small, and as ever, if, you know, what they make, what they lack in size, they make up for in fervor. I think there is probably a very small corner of the internet that that lives and breathes the June 84 wow. hive. I think it's out there. And That's I mind boggling. And so when I saw this film for the first time, um, I was like, I, you know, I wonder, I wonder if this is a misunderstood, forgotten gem. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not. It's absolutely it's a not. bad film. <laughs> this is a really, really bad movie. You weren't lying when you told me it was bad. This is really bad. It's flat out, <laughs> flat out bad. Let's start with Lynch because I'm usually- on board with Lynch. He's he's usually a lot weirder than this, I gotta say. This is quite straightforward, really. Like, it's bad. It's not bad because it's weird or anything. It's just kind of bad. Where are you on Lynch usually? I would call myself a, a Lynch fan. I'm not yeah. I'm not far enough down the rabbit hole that I could claim to be like a full on Lynch head. Yeah. But But I know I, that like, for example, Mulholland Drive you're a fan of. Ten out like genuinely a ten out of ten. Um film. Twin Peaks. Never seen Twin Peaks. Really? Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, um, but you know, yeah. Razorhead is one of Razorhead, my Razorhead. Yeah. Blue Blue Velvet. I'm into like sure. Bring bring on the Lynch. Yeah. This film doesn't feel like a Lynch film to me. Like it feels like this could have been made by anybody. Yeah. When we were watching it, talking over the film because it's bad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and I yeah and I was as I was saying to you then it's to me. I wouldn't count it as a Lynch film in the same way that I don't count Alien 3 Alien as 3. a Fincher film. Yeah. It's just, it's not their work, really. Yeah, I mean, this, it feels to me like it's trying to emulate Star Wars, really, and failing very miserably. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Lucas, like, definitely borrowed from Dune, but made a mm. rollicking adventure 
in the spirit of the serials that he liked growing up. He skipped the, you know, what you might think of more as the high-minded aspect yeah. of Dune and trying to take Dune and then force it into a Star Wars-shaped hole yes. doesn't work. Yeah, and this is that's the that's the problem that Lucas then had with the prequel series. I think is that that's when he did like those movies. There's so much fucking politics in them that they just get boring. I'm really curious to see how the Villeneuve adaptation of this goes and which way it leans. I, I'm expecting it to be a full mishmash of high-minded with a little bit of swashbuckling. I I just don't know how it's going to fit. Well, I'm the one of the reasons I'm like really just genuinely optimistic about the new adaptation is thinking about what Villeneuve did with Blade Runner 2049, which yeah. is, yeah, it's it's not an action sci-fi film. It's yeah. it's kind of a vibe. And if he goes for the same sort of thing with Dune, I think it could be genuinely successful. It won't be as crowd-pleasing as, which is exactly what happened with Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah. But- I really dig Blade Runner 2049. Um, my estimation of it like, has basically gone up with every subsequent viewing I've had of it. And if he brings that same sort of energy to June, I think it's going to kick ass. Um, yeah. Because then we've we've seen what happened when you just try and make a crowd-pleasing 80s cheese fest version of it. Um, yeah. And we, well, we might have touched on this before. Uh, not a good film. <laughs> <laughs> this film is far too long. It's so, so long. I mean, certainly it feels long. It does feel long. And it's weird that while it's being long, you can also really feel the ways in which it's been brutally cut down from that initial, what was the mm. first cut? Like over four hours, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Then, and, and more so in the, in the second half of the film and even more particularly in the final third of the film, yes. you really feel it where- the scenes and sequences just don't wed together at all. They're just like these little series of snippets with bulk voiceover because they have to just spoon feed you what's going on because yeah. we've clearly just lost the narrative thread completely. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about the narrative. I haven't read Dune. I'm a big sci-fi fantasy reader. I love the Barsoom series, um, you know, Wheel of Time, great books, all that kind of stuff. I never got to Dune. I found this movie extremely hard to follow. As someone who's read the books, did you find the same thing? I had to turn to you about 20 minutes in and say, what the fuck is happening? I didn't understand. <laughs> and I was probably like, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah, look, I did think that watching this film, I was like, I know what's going on only because I've read the book. There's so yeah. much stuff in here. And like, particularly again, particularly in the second half, yeah. where you're just like, if I had not read it, I would be so fucking lost. Yeah. Just no question about it. Because there's stuff in the book that and, and I really like this about about Dune. I like it when sci-fi books do this. Like Hyperion does the same thing where it just throws a bunch of shit at you with just enough like just enough information that you can then colour it in yourself. And there's a bunch of that shit in Dune that's just kind of left to you. Yeah. And if you don't totally get it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You'll yep. still be able to follow the thread. Like, if you ask me what's what's the weirding way in Dune, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. And I have even less idea after watching this film. It's just kind of colour that adds to the universe yeah, without but really but you're not being- lost in the story if you're like, yeah, I really don't. Like, do I 100% know what's going on here? Eh, no. Yeah, yeah. But am I still having a good time? Yes. 
That's with <laughs> not the with book. the film. Yeah, not with the film. Because <laughs> I had I had zero idea what was going on, and I wasn't having that good a time. Um, in fa- so this, do you remember when we spoke another another patron request? Um, that we had. Jeez, they've had some doozies, haven't back they? In, <laughs> in in the before time, um, I can't remember if it was just an episode that went out to the patrons. It might have been when we did a cure for wellness. No, that went wide. That was a, okay. that was a regular that's, episode. That's yeah. out there in the world? Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One thing I remember we said about that film, and I think it completely- You just copy and paste to 1984's June. Every 20-minute segment of the film yep. is worse yep. than the one that came before it. It yep. starts like not good, but watchable. Yeah. And it's just a series of steps downwards. <laughs> the fun thing about that is that it gives you a little bit of a uh, a clock to mark the time because you can feel those dips. So every time you feel the movie get worse, like it's take like, a drink. Yeah, you're like, oh, okay, good. Twenty minutes have passed. <laughs> we're we're getting closer to the end because <laughs> <laughs> it starts off okay. Like there's some pretty brutal exposition to start off with. Like they literally just bring worlds Jeez. up on what. You know, these days it would be like a hologram or something. Yeah. There's, pe- there's yeah. people looking at, at these worlds just talking about them in a manner that no two people would. It's purely for the audience. It's pretty It's pretty bad. But but in those early scenes, like, I'll actually stick up for some of the set design. I was just about to bring that up. I, I agree. I think the set design and, and, like, the costuming, some of the aliens and stuff is kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. There's some stuff there. I wouldn't not maybe not 100% of it. But a bunch of it, I'm like, yeah, you know what? There's the bones of something kind of cool here. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think it's super overlit, which almost ruins the aesthetic of the sets to me. Like, Yeah, it's got of- almost like a- like a 1980s BBC look going on. It does, yeah. Like a, like a sitcom feel almost. Like you think of Alien, for example, and because everything's so dark and dingy, it feels very lived in and real. This is so brightly lit that no matter how nice the design is, you can't help but recognise that it's a set, which is a real shame and does it a real disservice. Hmm. Happily, the body shields haven't aged a day. <laughs> Fuck me, dead. Is okay, body. Is that the cube thing? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know if it was body shield. It looks like when Superman sends someone into the Phantom Zone, but it is so so bad. <laughs> They're incredible. It's absolutely <laughs> incredible. Like they just go cubey and kind of like like oil painting style. <laughs> it's, <laughs> It's it's really horrendous, and I mean we have to remember that this film is from '84, so I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt, but it's it's fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> and that stuff, like because it's graphics based, it's 1984. Okay, that is just going to be flat out appalling because because yeah. it's 1984. But also the um any anything set in space, like when yeah. the the when they're getting ready to. Um, to move houses, as it were, from Caledon to to Dune. Um, you know, we're sitting there looking at these spaceships docking and whatever, and it looks pretty bad. Yeah. And I turned to you and said, this is one year after Return of the Jedi. Yes. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. Ouch. It's it, not what you want. It's shocking. It's sh- like, honestly, I've seen Ed Wood films that look better. <laughs> like, Egg Cartons I've never actually streams. seen an Ed Wood film. Oh, Really? Really? Oh, it's a I've shame you've left the show, mate. We could do one. In, in the movie, Ed Wood, but that's it. <laughs> it's a shame you've left the show, mate. We could do one. <laughs> Get our plant nine on. <laughs> um, 
yeah, just not good. <laughs> mm. And this is be- this is being accompanied by just an awful lot of voiceover. Like it the- really ramps up in the second half because it needs to just yes. explain to you what's going on. But it's there, it's there throughout, and it's it's pretty tough stuff. The voiceover, it's like, yeah. I mean, the the princess Irulan stuff is, you know, it is it is what it is. Uh, it's how they've decided to frame it, kind of whatever. Um, Kyle MacLachlan's voiceover oh, work as Paul, the spice. good <laughs> grief, the second moon, the second moon. <laughs> like, it's really, really, really bad. Everything is whispered, and. It's just confusing. Like, I feel like it's supposed to be there as exposition to help you as the audience understand what's happening better. For me, it did the exact opposite. I was so distracted by the terrible writing, the terrible delivery, the terrible everything, that I I couldn't follow what was happening. Mm. Kyle McLaughlin's hair as well. Oh, geez. Very distracting. (laughs) It's not good, is it? Um, speaking, Speaking of good sets, though. We get a we get this establishing shot of the Harkonnen home base, which on it's you know it's a reasonably quick shot. It's not overly spectacular. It's in some ways it's totally dispensable. But in a in a if you want to just be a bit rabbit holy and film nerdy about it, there is a kind of cool thing about this shot because the design for the Harkonnen home base involves this giant human head, which. If you watch the documentary Jodorowsky's Dune, mm-hmm. exploring yep. the failed attempt at the director Jodorowsky adapting Dune, which kind of morphed into this film, the design for the Harkonnen home base for his film was done by Geiger. And it would kind of, it was one of the things that eventually kind of morphed into the xenomorph. Yeah. In yeah, Alien. Yep. Yeah. So it's almost it's it's not an intentional Easter egg, but if you've gone down the rabbit hole with June, June a little bit, there is this yeah. kind of just little. Ah, <laughs> I see what's going on there, and then it makes you think of Alien, and you're like, oh, I wish I was watching Alien. <laughs> you're happy for a minute there when you think of Ripley, yeah. and then you remember Kyle MacLachlan. <laughs> then you get back to the movie, and you're there with Baron Harkonnen, who is identifiable as the bad guy because he's a ginger homosexual. Yeah, why are all the bad guys ginger in the film? Is that a thing in the book? No, I think it's okay. just a bit of coding by the filmmakers. <laughs> um, like, like the tough. bad guys wear black and the good guys wear white. But yeah, here it's tough. Just it's a tough day for the red nuts. June it really is. It's 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 a little offensive. <laughs> it is more than a little offensive. <laughs> I wasn't sure if maybe it was a bit of a spice thing, you know, like referencing uh, Ginger Spice from the Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's where my head went almost immediately. <laughs> um, and not just redheads, but but bad hairdos too. What What's the deal with the kind of reverse mohawk? Oh, yeah. They've got that like- sh- They've got like a, a kind shaved- of, They've got the landing section. strip shaved yeah. into their heads. Yeah. That's a, that's of- a choice. All of them except for Sting, which is weird. Sting, who at one point walked into a scene and you said, oh, that guy kind of looks like Billy Idol. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, the, the guy who's clearly Sting? <laughs> I, mean, I mean, come on, what is Sting's relevance? How many people really remember what Sting looks like these days? 
you're saying that <laughs> Billy Idol lives on more in popular culture <laughs> in, in, in the year of our Lord, I 2021, mean, than Sting. I mean, he lives on more in my memory because his name is Billy, so I could I could yeah. identify with him. You know, I mean, I'm props to Billy Idol for never having gone like, <laughs> I'm going to make music with a fucking harp now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. What song do you remember? It's not a harp. What is that fucking instrument? Uh, Is it a zitar? Is it a zitar that he's playing these days? it wasn't a zitar. (sighs) Don't know. Speaking of instruments and music, though, can we talk about Toto? (laughs) We can talk about Toto and how on earth the entire soundtrack to this film is not just a repurposed Africa. Just replace- Same song. Replace Africa with Arrakis. Yeah. There's your movie. <laughs> yeah, get some Rosanna going. <laughs> um, can I tell you a secret? I don't hate the score by Toto. I Actually, for me, it was one of the best parts of the film. Here's something I noticed, though. It said the scores by Toto, but the- And I can't remember the what theme. it's called exactly. The, yes. the Messiah theme or something. Whatever yes. that main yeah. thing is, was by Brian Eno. And that is the thing that plays most in the film. Yeah, and that's so. Any time that I really particularly notice the music, I was like, I don't. I actually suspect that I'm noticing Brian Eno, not Toto. I had the same thought actually, and I wasn't sure whether maybe Toto were could there be a more eighties conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's get some flock of seagulls going. <laughs> Hungry like the Harkonnens. <laughs> How good's the bit? Once we're into the section of the film, like we're, like we're a fair way into it, <laughs> they've they've met up with the Fremen. Um, Paul and his mum, that is, have met up with the Fremen. Yeah, and we've we're into that bit where it's just become like really little two minute, like literally like little two minute episodic chunks that they have to voice yeah. over, so you know what's going on, and it's just like. You just reach this part in the film where it's like, okay, they've been accepted into into the Fremen. Um, also, she's pregnant. Oh, and also yeah. the baby knows everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like what if for the, for the like it's jarring when you know where the story's going. I don't know what it was like for you, just being like, wait, what the fuck? Confusing, Conf- very confusing. I honestly, I've even I found it so confusing at the time. That I've been, before recording this, I've been reading the Wikipedia, I've been doing everything I can to try and piece it all together. I could not tell you the relationship between most of these characters. I don't know who the fuck the little girl is. I, like, I I knew that that was Paul's mum, but until you said it, I didn't really make the connection. Like, it's a very, very confusing film. Weird shit. Um, A lot of phallic objects. Yeah. In this movie, isn't there? (laughs) There's a Like an awful lot. Just about um, every second object is shaped like a wang. Yep. The worm, you know, the, the worms themselves. Yeah, um, which we'll get to in a minute. Killing, there's killing devices uh, for some reason, shaped yep. like a schlong, spacecraft. Yep. Spaceships. Definite, definite wang vibes from the spacecraft. Just, just made me think of Austin Powers when Dr. Evil escapes in the giant dick. <laughs> 100%. Um, Jesus. I don't know who the, what, which production designer that was that was just like- <laughs> Killing time by drawing dick and balls on the wall. Know. And someone walked in and David Lynch walked in and was like, that. <laughs> you got to do the David Lynch voice. That looks great. <laughs> I made you laugh. 
you know my impressions are wonderful. I know you've missed my impressions. <laughs> we, I mean, were you doing David Lynch? Is that what that was? <laughs> no, that was David Lynch. Okay. <laughs> He's got okay. a real high-pitched voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought maybe you are doing Krang from <laughs> Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but... <laughs> Another great 80s show. <laughs> Definitely. Um, yeah, lots of dick shapes. It, it is very much like someone was just drawing dicks and nobody else noticed until it was too late. Yeah. It's like almost as off-putting as, as Sting coming out of the shower. Yeah. That was a Which weird Which is an incredible shot. As he's just like, <laughs> the camera moves in on Sting, just luxuriating in his own existence. Yeah, as, it was- As Baron Harkonnen- Basically whips it out and starts going at it right just at the sight of him. Yeah. It's amazing. The, the way he's standing in that scene is very- And he holds that pose for ages as the camera pulls in. Incredible. <laughs> Let's talk about the worms for a minute because for me, um, that's that's all I knew of Dune, really. I knew about Spice. I knew that they whispered Spice a lot. And I knew that there were big old worms like, like Tremors rip off. And so, <laughs> so I was actually surprised by the staggering lack of worm in this film. There's not that many worms and they really don't have anything to do with the plot at all. They're just kind of there and there's only really one scene where it actually matters that they're there. Mm. Is it the same in the book? Are they a big deal? They're a, they're a big deal, but they're not in it a ton. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, they're very important, but yeah. it's not like every second scene- has a sandworm. Right, because I, I, honest, I honestly thought this was going to be Tremors on the Moon. That's yeah, kind of- <laughs> Like, Tremors on the Moon, <laughs> fuck me. Um, for instance, the scene where he, where he jumped up on one, that's, that's very important to his, um, his whole white saviour arc. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but in the movie, it's just one of those sequences that just comes out of nowhere, <laughs> gets half explained, and then we move on. Yeah, yeah, literally. Weird shit. Yeah, just really weird stuff. <laughs> now, this film does feature one of your favourite things of all time, which is a child performance. <laughs> Jesus um, Christ. I had no fucking clue that was Alicia Witt until later on. Did you no. know? No, no, I was just looking through IMDb when, yeah, it was I like mean, there was, you know, just weird, blue-eyed, annoying child. In this yelling out weird words. Yelling. So, can you please explain to me who she is? I still don't understand. So, she is the daughter. She's she's Paul's full sister. That's what I thought. She's his yeah. sister. Yeah. Yeah. So, Lady Jessica was already pregnant when um, when old mate does boot copped it. Yeah. And so, then- why is she weird? How does she- So- Why does she say weird things all the time? Yeah. <laughs> so, this gets skipped over- very quickly in the film. When the Lady Jessica goes through the process of becoming the reverend mother for the Fremen. <laughs> you said she so goes- many words just there that I was like, huh? <laughs> the the kind of trial that she has that she goes through affects not only her, but her unborn child. And so okay. Alia is born a fully functioning, like mentally, not not just fully functioning, but has like the memories and experience of an entire line okay. yep. of 
of Reverend Mothers. Gotcha. That's what's going on with the weird kid. Okay. She's fucking awful. (laughs) The way that gets- (laughs) The way they put that across in the film is to have her yell out. (laughs) For he is the Quizark Tanarak. And everyone's like, the what? (laughs) When she yells that out as the final line of the film, you and I just- Lost it. It was, ju- and then it just roll credits, <laughs> and, and she's doing almost the sting move, just yeah, kind yeah. of flailing around. About it's like halfway to interpretive dance. It's weird stuff. Yeah, it is weird stuff. I got home and I got a message from you. That it was just like, what was it? He is the the king of the, 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 the Cizeract, the Quizzatarak. I had I'd had a little bit too much to drink. I'd been trying to message that to you already, and I couldn't remember what she said. I was googling like Dune closing lines, and I couldn't figure it out. And and uh, an amazing thing this film does is that it, it veers away from the cautionary tale that the Dune books are about Messiah figures, and just yeah. makes Paul like a living. It's just like you know, hear now the voice of God. Yeah. And Paul's like, oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> Fucking like, hell. Spice. <laughs> the second, the second moon. <laughs> Can we talk about Brad Dourif and how awful he is? Of course we can. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> like, how, how did this guy still have any sort of career? Following this film. I mean, honestly, though, how did anyone involved in this film have any kind- How, how did David Lynch continue a career after this film? I mean, like, he's- Honestly, he would have to just completely strip it off his resume and just say, look, I really had nothing to- Look, I really had nothing to do with that. <laughs> For he is the quiz <laughs> Brad Jurif just- I mean, he's doing a lot and none of it's good. Mm. It's yeah. really, it's really awful stuff. I kind of, like, I almost really like the performance um, for Baron Vladimir Harkonnen. It's like, like, it's it's way over the top, but it's like, it's joyously over the top. Yeah, yeah. And while he's kind of like just in his own movie, there is something actually quite enjoyable about it, I find. I agree. To me, actually, that's where this movie would have- like, if everybody was giving 400%, if this movie was just cheese to the max, it might have actually worked. The problem is that it's this complete mishmash where some of it is very cheesy. Some of it takes itself so seriously. Like, all of Paul's dramatic The Second Moon, where you're not meant to be laughing at all. There's no cheese to that stuff. Yeah, just it just, right it just doesn't comedy. work. Yeah. I mean, this has to go in the pantheon of of bad films we've watched <laughs> it's pretty awful it's pretty but, awful but at least we got some nuggets <laughs> we got a heap of nuggets a heap i ordered way too many yeah as is my wand <laughs> and some chips oh yeah oh god i did get chips didn't i yeah yeah wow. you like got them out and shoveled them down hope i think hoping that i wouldn't even notice that wow. you only got chips for one I had already smashed a double quarter pound of meal on the way to your place, too. Good Lord. I'm a monster. I need help. Lockdown has not been kind to me. I've gained- We've been locked down now for eight weeks. I've gained 11 kilos. If you had red hair, you'd look like a Harkonnen. 
I'd need to shave the landing strip, you know, to match the bald spot I've already got. <laughs> well, yeah, then you do that and because you've kind of got two, you've kind of got second moon bald spot. So if you did a strip <laughs> down the middle of your head, it'd look like you'd done a spaceship from June on your head, which is to just, say, just, just a big old a big dick. old wang. Yeah. <laughs> All right. How are you scoring Dune 1984? I'm going to stretch it out to a three out of ten. Yeah, I'm also there, a three. There are, like, there are, the there's the odd good thing about it, um, few and far between, and really yeah. nothing in the final 45 minutes. Yeah. Um, it's a bad movie. It is. I think much like how at the start of this year there were several movies that I rated too high just because I was happy to be back in a cinema again, I think- the majority of the reason I'm giving this as a three is just because I was in your lounge room. We had nuggets, we had beer, and it, it was it was fun. It was a fun night. <laughs> Overall, it was a fun night. It was a fun night that involved a very bad film. Yeah, next time we'll watch something better. Actually, uh, speaking of Denis Villeneuve, um, our great friends at Dendi Cinema are running a Denis Villeneuve retrospective that I'm going to get to, which means I'm finally going to see Blade Runner 2049. You know, you're going to have to watch- Blade Runner. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Shamefully, I should probably see that first. So maybe we should maybe we should catch up and watch that together. I'm always up for watching Blade Runner. <laughs> well, thank you so In much. In fact, I think for- last time I saw it was at said Dendi Cinemas. Really? When they yeah saw the final cut there. Um, I think it's the second time I've seen it at the movies. That, that's a worthwhile undertaking. Blade Runner at the movies. Fucking rules. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for uh, for joining me. I would. Ask I'd like to say it was a pleasure. Find you, but you uh, you don't want people to find you anymore. <laughs> I didn't want people to find me before that. <laughs> but uh, have you been enjoying the new episodes, mate? Um, I haven't not enjoyed <laughs> anything I've, I've listened to. You haven't listened to anything, have you? Well, look, we could figure out how many I've listened to. Um, it's been a while since. Since school and doing maths, but is it still correct? I know sometimes sometimes they change things in maths, like what your kids do is not how you did it. Yeah, is it, yeah, is it, whole- yeah. Is it still the case that anything times zero? Yeah, is zero. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's right. Because you do the multiplication first and then the addition and subtraction. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. It's it's not many then. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what I figured. <laughs> well, I appreciate like- the support. <laughs> yeah. It's like if you um. You know, you break up on really good terms and you genuinely wish someone well, but, like, you don't want to see them kissing someone at a pub. Exactly. I know. Ex- yes. Yes. I know. I know. I don't want like. to see you kissing anyone in a pub, Billy. Our, our friend Sam, I know you're listening, Sam, and I know that you've been trying to goat me because you keep messaging on the group chat, just being like, oh, hey, Toph, we still doing this movie? We still." And I know that you're trying to goat me into, like, getting jealous. I'm not going to, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I can see his face, Sam. It's working. <laughs> I'm red with anger. Stop doing it, Sam. <laughs> All right. <Set> easy. <laughs> oh, sick burn. <laughs> well, thank you again for doing this with me. This was so much fun. I'm sure the listeners have missed you. And, I mean, we'll, we'll catch up on the show again when, when the new Dune comes out, won't we? Could happen. Well, Could happen fun. when we hopefully get a good Dune part one. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Where do and you then think it'll, it's it'll do the end? same box office as Blade Runner twenty forty nine, and we won't get part two. It'll be like Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I mean, that's the concern, isn't it? You know that we'll oh, end up time. with you know like John it's Carter, a where you get a brilliant first film, but nobody likes it, mm-hmm. so you don't get a second. 
Yeah, and, and this obviously won't even pass the bar of John Carter. No, obviously not. How could it? There's no Tim Riggins in this. <laughs> All right. Well, in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with me, you can do that at wewatchedathing.com or wewatchedathing at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all under the handle at wewatchedathing. If you want to help support the show and make us watch something absolutely abysmal like Austin did, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash wewatchedathing, and I'll catch you next week. Watch a movie, folks. I was wondering if you'd say it. <laughs> <laughs>